time for a PBFG quick hitter. Hey guys, so like all of you, I'm sure, I've been consuming an absolute ton of draft media lately. And the more I do, and the closer we get to the draft, the more people start to talk about quarterbacks, because it's like the big hot button issue that everybody cares about. And I've always kind of been confused why people aren't sold on Sam Howell and Carson Strong the way that I am. So I, I keep an extra keen eye out for, uh, for, for generally just knocks on both players. I want to know why people don't see the top five pick quarterbacks that I see when I look at Sam Howell and Carson Strong. Now with Carson Strong, it's a little bit more obvious because he's just, he's got that glaring knee injury and he played a lower level of competition. So like, I know that those are going to be heavily factored into the calculus and I'm not a doctor. So I have literally, well, I am a doctor, but not that kind. I have literally no idea how healthy Carson Strong's knee will be. And frankly, I don't care to speculate. If you want to, if a, you know, if a draftnik or a doctor or a team want to say, eh, I can't take a risk on Carson Strong because his knee might fall apart, fine. I'm, I'm not going to argue that's acceptable. But with Sam Howell, the excuses are far fewer. You know, you could say he's short, but he's taller than Malik Willis, who's getting a ton of hype. And he's taller than Kyler Murray. And I think he's about the same height, maybe slightly taller than Baker Mayfield. And he's taller than Drew Brees and Russell Wilson. So, like, we see lots of players of around six foot that are perfectly fine. And he's about 6'1". So, I see no issue there. Sam Howell also has a cannon. I, I've gotten into my fair share of Twitter fights because I think that Sam Howell has a stronger arm than Malik Willis. And I don't think that that's saying everything that a lot of people would say it is. I, I don't think that Malik Willis has that strong of an arm. I think he's got a good arm, not a great arm, not a top 10 arm amongst starting quarterbacks in the NFL. I think that Howell's on that fringe of the top 10. A little weaker than like a Baker Mayfield, but certainly stronger than average. Certainly stronger than even a tier above average. Uh, it's, on, it's, it's a little stronger than a Zach Wilson. Around the same as a Trevor Lawrence. Anyways... Today, I was listening to a PFF podcast, and for the first time, the PFF, the big PFF duo that everybody cares about, Sam Monson and Steve Palzolo, they were talking about Sam Howell, and they met, or Sam Monson specifically mentioned that Sam Howell's biggest issue is his inaccuracy, and that really frustrated me. Uh, Monson was going on about how Howell misses just entirely too many throws, and that's why he has a guy like Desmond Ritter above him, because Ritter is much, much more accurate and much more pro-ready. He thinks that, so Kenny Pickett has the reputation as being like the game manager in a can, the Mac Jones, where, you know, he'll come in next year and it might be the best he ever gets, but he will be capable of starting games and not sabotaging you. Uh, Sam Monson is frustrated. He thinks that that should be actually what people see Desmond Ritter as, except with better upside. And in doing so, he started denigrating Sam Howell. And this has got me convinced that Sam Monson has been accidentally watching videos with the wrong labels on them. Because my knock on Desmond Ritter is very specifically that he just misses far too many throws to be the quarterback that he wants to be. He wants to be a conservative game manager type, and he's not accurate. So, uh, luckily... I chart these games, right? Like, I, I grade every throw in the games that I watch. I've got 400 snaps of Sam Howell, 312 of Carson Strong, 256 of Desmond Ritter, and 152 of Kenny Pickett. I'm not really going to go into Corral and Willis because I don't think that they're relevant for this argument. 
I really won't even go into Strong because nobody's considering him. So Sam Howell was accurate on 75.55% of his passes. Now, this is not the same as completion percentage. A ball that hits a receiver in the hands is accurate. If the receiver drops it, it wouldn't be complete, but it would still be accurate. You know what I mean? And likewise, if a ball is, you know, five feet overthrown, but a receiver makes a ridiculous catch to bring it down, that's not accurate, even if it was completed. Although that's a much rarer case. Anyhow, Sam Howell, 75.55% accuracy. That's pretty good. Now we come over here to Desmond Ritter, 72.97% accuracy. So, Sam Howell's almost 3% more accurate than Desmond Ritter. 2.5% more accurate to be more precise. And then Kenny Pickett, who is known and lauded and made his entire draft stock out of being the accurate safe guy. Kenny Pickett was 76.27% accurate. In other words, he was about 0.7% more accurate than Sam Howell. Now, many of you, if you are really as fiercely obsessed with scouting the draft as I am, and as many people are, including PFF, you will argue that Sam Howell ran a gimmicky RPO offense, and that is true. He did run a lot more RPOs than Ritter and Pickett, who ran very conventional pro-style offenses. Luckily, one of the categories that I keep track of is pedestrian passes, and that includes almost every RPO. Not all of them, but almost all of them. So, if we take away these pedestrian passes, ostensibly, we would be able to figure out the accuracy percentage of passes that were positively graded throws. Otherwise, in other words, the difficult throws that you need to make to be a productive NFL quarterback, right? So while there are some arguments to be made that consistency when throwing simple passes, like completing the gimmies, that's a valuable trait, I won't argue. If we are trying to get into accuracy and pro-style concepts, the most stable way that we can really do it is to just look at their accuracy when throwing to when throwing those more difficult NFL-style routes. So, I took all of the elite, great, and solid throws that Howell, Ritter, and Pickett made, and I divided that by all of the elite, great, solid, bad, and interceptable throws. So basically, I just took pedestrian throws out of the calculus when calculating their accuracy percentage. If you do this, Sam Howell was accurate on 55.33% of his positive, or of his more difficult passes. Now, some of the bad passes and interceptable passes came on pedestrian throws, but if you failed it, you shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't be credited back to you. Um, we want to make this denominator as big as possible, and frankly, they all had just as much opportunity to miss on easy throws. If you missed on an easy throw, we're making your percentage lower. If anything, this is punishing them extra for being inaccurate on gimmies. So, Sam Howell, accurate on 55.33% of passes that were not pedestrian. Desmond Ritter was accurate on 48.45% of passes that were not pedestrian. And Kenny Pickett was accurate on 31 of 59 passes that were not pedestrian. That's 52.5%. So, by a fairly wide margin, Sam Howell is more accurate than Desmond Ritter just overall, generally. 2.5% more accurate. And on passes that were not gimmies, in which case he was 6 or 7% more accurate. In Kenny Pickett's case, Kenny Pickett is a half percentage point 
more accurate on all throws in general, but around 3% less accurate when you take those pedestrian throws out of the equation. So accuracy simply cannot be Sam Howell's weakness. He is probably the second most accurate quarterback in this draft class behind only Carson Strong if you take into account ability to throw deeper passes. Yeah, Kenny Pickett is going to hit a lot of pedestrian passes, but part of that is because he simply cannot threaten deep. He can't really drive to the second level, and his third level throws are not good. Matt Corral is just straight up not accurate at all, and Malik Willis is a home run hitter who nobody expects to be accurate. The upside of Malik Willis is that he will hit so many triples and home runs that you won't care that he strikes out a lot instead of hitting singles. So Sam Monson's argument that Sam Howell is not accurate genuinely makes me question whether or not he's watched any tape of these players. Another criticism of Sam Howell that I've seen recently, as I was reading Bruce Feldman's piece in The Athletic with anonymous scouts and coaches, and a couple of them were talking about how they really like Sam Howell. He's the highest rated quarterback on their, on their draft rankings, but they only have a second round grade on him because they don't think he'll be a good leader. They said he lacks quote-unquote presence, and he probably won't be able to galvanize a locker room. This is a lot of the same kind of thing you heard from Marcus Mariota when he was coming out, and by all means, Sam Howell seems to be a quiet guy. There's a reason he's getting absolutely no draft hype, despite tearing up the combine and having a great pro day, acing his wonder lick, and generally being a great prospect. He's just not extremely exciting. There's not a lot of hype to him as a guy. As a football player, he's massively exciting, but nobody's watched anybody play football in five months, so this is completely, this, this draft process is completely divorced from the football playing process. While I think that that's probably a fair criticism, I just don't think it matters that much. Aaron Rodgers is notoriously difficult to get along with and arrogant. The Packers haven't had too much trouble winning games with him, and yeah, they build solid rosters, and yeah, they've had good coaching, but if you don't have those things, you're probably not going that far anyway. Now, there is absolutely something to be said for the Chad Kellys who have substance abuse problems that will derail their career, or the Josh Rosens who are just too difficult to get along with and nobody really wants to give them a second chance because they just can't stand having him around. If Josh Rosen was a really, really nice guy, there's a solid chance in my mind that the Cardinals keep him after his rookie year, build around him, give him a good coach in Cliff Kingsbury, and all of a sudden he looks like a franchise quarterback. But alas, that's all prognosticating. When it comes to quarterbacks that have too low-key of a presence, I think that that is just a cop-out. I don't really see any positive examples of quarterbacks that have failed because of their low-key demeanor. I don't think that Sam Darnold fails because he's too aloof or appeasable. I don't think that anybody ever questioned Matt Ryan because he's not that intense. Like, there's not that many quarterbacks that are low-key, and to the extent that there are, I don't think that you hear about them a lot. But, like, Jimmy Garoppolo is notoriously aloof and indifferent and, like, kind of just too cool for school. Uh, he loves football, and that's very important, obviously, but by all means... So does Sam Howell. But Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to galvanize a locker room, lead a speech, lead a prayer, you know, sing the fight song. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to come in. He's going to look at you with his dreamy eyes and he's going to say, okay, let's play football. I think that Sam Howell could be a lot in the same vein. And certainly Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't fail because of his intangibles. Jimmy Garoppolo fails because he's not good. His arm is kind of weak and his ball pretty scattershot. At least considering how weak his arm is. Generally, I think that 
intangibles matter, but this is a case where they're being overblown and something that is probably a neutral instead of a positive is being treated like a negative. But yeah, the guy is not particularly bombastic. Neither was Andrew Luck. Neither is Trevor Lawrence. There are plenty of quarterbacks with low-key demeanors, and nobody really holds it against them unless they want to. Finally, I've seen a lot of people talk about Sam Howell's processing. First of all, I think it's kind of BS. But second of all, I've also seen a lot of really smart people talk about how good his processing is. Um, I think the thing that's confusing a lot of people is that in 2021, Sam Howell was forced, because of so many of his players graduating around him, Sam Howell was forced to become a bit more of a running quarterback. And it seems very clear to me, based on his 2020 tape and just generally how the offense was schemed, that North Carolina's solution to Sam Howell losing all of his receivers and having a very young, frankly, terrible offensive line was to just have him be a one-read-and-run quarterback. It's very clear to me that they were coaching him to look for his first read, and if it wasn't there, to run. Because if you look at 2020, Sam Howell was much more of a, he has a little mobility, but he's a passer type of guy. Sam Howell was operating from the pocket. He was reading one through four on the field. He was, you know, he was a fairly refined college passer. And then his junior year, after two years of starting with tons of success, in a decent division, or conference no less, Sam Howell's, his progressions shrank to a one-read system. If I've seen you do full progress, full field progressions, and then I see you come back to not doing them, I'm going to assume that it's being, it's done purposefully. If you only watch 2020 tape, so his sophomore season, the COVID year, first of all, Sam Howell would be like an all-time prospect. He was really, really good uh, against Notre Dame, against Texas A&M against Virginia like he was really good in 2020 and he was even pretty decent in 2019 as a true freshman which is crazy it, it, it's very clear to me that his processing while not it's never been great like I personally think that he has adequate processing ability they give him B minus for the category which is like just enough that I'm not going to start to wonder about it C plus would be like perfectly average and as we know average doesn't win you much at quarterback in the NFL Anyhow, I think that he has adequate processing skills because I saw 2020, because you see that he is constantly under siege, their offensive line was historically bad, he had no weapons to speak of other than Josh Downs, a wide receiver running back hybrid, who was, you know, he's young himself, I think he's 19, he needs to develop before he can truly be trusted. So, I think that the processing is a less egregious mistake for evaluators to knock him for, but a mistake nonetheless. I think that they're missing the grand scheme, which is that if you go back just, just 365 days, just one year, you can watch Sam Howell at 19 years old process fairly well for an NFL prospect. So those are really the only two knocks that I've seen. And frankly, the only that's because I don't think that the second knock, his, uh, his personality being a little bit milquetoast, I don't think that's a real knock. I don't think that that's a substantial reason to drop anybody down your board. And frankly, I believe that NFL teams will do it because they do silly shit like that all the time. But I think it's a mistake. Uh, the accuracy knock, I think, is completely unfounded and, and frankly just terrible evaluation. I, it's one of those things that it's so egregiously wrong that it makes me question the 
everything I take from the person who uttered it in the first place. And then finally, the processing. The processing is the only thing I'm actually worried about a little bit. But again, I think that there are really good reasons for his processing to look worse in 2021 rather than 2020, simply because he lost offensive linemen, all of his receivers, both of his running backs. They clearly changed the offense to try to accommodate for the fact that they had nothing around him. And I don't think that they changed their scheme to coddle him so much as they changed their scheme to put everything on his shoulders. The entire offense was quick throws, deep balls, and him running. He ran for almost a thousand yards, and he had a killer deep ball. So, frankly, I think that if every GM in this draft were intelligent, Sam Howell would be the first or second overall pick. I think he's a better prospect than Trevor Lawrence. Granted, I didn't think Trevor Lawrence was a very good prospect. I, I would have Trevor Lawrence as my quarterback two or three in this draft. And I'm not, while I'm high on Sam Howell relative to the market, I'm not in love with him. I don't think he'll ever be a truly elite quarterback. I think he'll be a very good one. I don't know if Trevor Lawrence ever will. I think he'll probably just be all right. I think he'll be solid. So let me know what you think. I'd love to hear some feedback, but I just had to get this off my chest because otherwise it was going to frustrate me to no end. Looking forward to the draft this Friday, and remember to check my Twitter and Patreon, maybe even my YouTube. There will be content, I promise. Until then, this is Joe. Asta.